and welcome to another Scots We Hate podcast. And today I'm joined by Muta Ali to talk about the film Cassius X Becoming Ali, which is going to be on at the Glasgow Film Festival this year. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm excited to be speaking with you. I'm really well, thanks. And as I said to you just before we started, I've just finished watching the film, so I'm really keen to learn more about it. First of all, how did you come to make the film? I got a call from uh, Mick McAvoy, uh, who was at Two Rivers at the time. And he uh, had reached out to me a um, long time before we got started. It took about a year or so before we actually got started on the film. Uh, lots of start, stop and starts with uh, COVID. And, of course. And, um, and, uh, and so I, 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 Mick was very excited about it. He sent me Stuart's book and I read it and I got, I got excited about it. And I, and I met Stuart and um, we started planning, you know, what's our vision for this for this film and how we're going to film it to me being in the States and them, them being over in, in Scotland. And and we planned it out and and got started there. I, I, I wish I could remember what I think it was in 2020 when I first spoke with 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 Mick. And then we got started in around the summer of 2021 and um, and, and uh, kept going from there, I think, finished early 2022. You should say that the Stuart that you're talking about is Stuart Cosgrove, whose book Cassius X, the film, is kind of based on. What was that relationship like? How did that come about? The two of you, you know, um, I've read the book as well. It's a terrific book. I don't know if I ever saw it becoming a film, so I'm interested in how that relationship worked. Well, that was um, actually due to Mick. Uh, Mick felt that it could be a film. He reached out to me for a few reasons. I think he liked some of the work that I had done. Uh, but also he felt that the subject matter could speak to me, um, being an African-American man who, uh, I mean, as far as he knew, I, I had a Muslim name, I think is, is, is as much as he he knew. But once we got to know each other, and I think we, he's, he's such an artist and, and he we spoke the same language, then he, Mick was really the one who, that convinced me uh, that, that it could work. And I think prior to that, he had already convinced um, Stuart. And... Um, and after reading the book, I felt, yeah, yeah, this could be great. The challenges, you know, like as a filmmaker, I was thinking of the challenges. I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, this took place uh, 60 years ago. <laughs> Who's going to be around to speak with us? But um, we 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 got past the challenges and made creative decisions to to tell the story. And there's a lot in Stewart's book. You know, Stewart's book uh, covers music yeah. a great deal. And in the film, uh, we, we kind of don't cover music as much. We cover uh, mostly uh, uh, Muhammad Ali's boxing journey and spiritual journey, and the music is not really part of it. So Stuart's book, as books can do, delves more deeply into the subject matter. You know, I guess that's maybe what I was thinking about when I thought I, I hadn't thought about it being a film at all, was because the the depth of the research in the book, and as you say, the kind of musical side going into, because I know that's his kind of area of expertise in particular. Mm -hmm. But what you've done in, in by having some fantastic footage and also the interviews you do is have that kind of clear story. And I think it's a time in uh, the man who would become Muhammad Ali's life that in certainly in the UK, we maybe don't know that much about. Is it well known in America? This part of his story? Yeah, yeah. Um, not not very much, no. And, and I haven't seen a documentary uh, told about this era of his life, um, as far as I can recall. So um, I didn't know much about it. Right. And, 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 you know, growing up, you know, you know, Muhammad Ali, but you don't know 
sometimes people don't know that he used to be referred to as, as Cassius X, Cassius Clay. And so you grow up and you learn layers and layers and layers about people. And and he didn't talk too much publicly about his, his spiritual journey. So uh, there was a lot to learn. And no, I, I didn't know much about this, um, this part of his life. Because no. I think uh, in the UK, that period, he's mostly known for getting knocked down by Henry Cooper. You know, that yeah. was, <laughs> Henry Cooper became a kind of star in this country for that one thing, you know. He did wow. adverts and was on chat shows and all sorts of things. But so what was interesting yeah. to me was learning, you know, how he kind of went through his early fights and then that, you know, a incredible fight with Sonny Liston, which we might talk about later. But also the relationships that he was having then and this one in particular with uh, Malcolm X. Now, I knew a little bit about Malcolm X through the film and through a bit of his story and knew about Muhammad Ali, but I did not know how strong that connection was at this period in his life. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, yeah, um, Malcolm X uh, at that time when he met Cassius Clay uh, had a high rank in, in the Nation of Islam and they bonded with one another. And as Ambassador Shabazz will tell you, uh, Malcolm X didn't recruit, uh, as he was known, you know, Cassius uh, Clay uh, to become a part of the nation, but he served more as an older brother who would answer all the questions that Cassius had. And during that time in America, in, in the early 60s, a tremendous amount was going on when it came to racial tension. Yeah. And uh, there was an awakening when it came to African-Americans about their identities. And so Malcolm X, uh, being such a powerful force, I think helped Cassius uh, with his decisions to, to join uh, the nation. But of course, their relationship evolved and changed over the years. I didn't know. I was excited that, you know, Malcolm X attended some of uh, Muhammad Ali's boxing matches and, you know he went to the Doug Jones fight and uh, uh, obviously he was at the Sonny Liston fight you know I, I think I knew that one but I didn't know that he had been uh, following uh, Muhammad Ali for, for a long time and it was, it was great to as, as I do documentaries it's great to learn and so I, 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 it was exciting to to see what their relationship was really like because they became friends really didn't they you know very close yes. in terms of the family knew each other and everything right yeah definitely friends and it was it's a heartbreaking part of the story when that friendship uh, sort yeah. of split for for a range of reasons, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see, and I won't give anything away, but the kind of final interview is just still so powerful. And it just mm -hmm. makes you think, sometimes it makes you think about the stubbornness of men often, but this <laughs> kind of thing that was, you know, as you say, quite, quite heartbreaking, uh, really. And what mm -hmm. did that relationship, did that affect wider America's perception of, of Cassius Clay coming through? Yes, I think his relationship with Malcolm X at the time uh, did not serve him when it came to mainstream America accepting him as uh, their champion. You know, uh, as, as the film will show, uh, mainstream America knew little about the Nation of Islam and, and with the little they did know, it kind of made them fearful. You know, what is this organization, organization about? I think even uh, Muhammad Ali's family was uh, part of the family. I think his brother joined the nation, but was nervous about him joining the nation and 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 being uh, associated with that. And, um, but I think people had to learn to embrace uh, his evolution. And uh, we have a little bit of that from Jim Lampley in the story because Jim Lampley was a a, a childhood. He, he loved Muhammad Ali. Oh uh, yeah. And be, when he was Cassius Clay, and he had to go through the 
sort of, it seemed like trauma he went through to watch his beloved Cassius Clay change his identity. And, uh, but I was so grateful that um, uh, Jim was honest with us and open with us emotionally about that journey and, and that he ended up, you know, being lifelong friends with Muhammad Ali also, he told us. Yeah, uh, that is very interesting because he kind of says at the end, I had questions I needed answered to see if I could still like the guy or, or you love the guy as, as it was at that point, which I think is probably the right response to it is to kind of think, okay, mm -hmm. this change is going on here. How do I kind of go with these changes? Absolutely. The interviews you get are fantastic. And you said, you know, this was kind of stop start due to COVID and lockdowns and everything. So how did, was it, were you in the room with people or was, how did you get these fantastic interviews? Yes. Uh, I was in the room with, um, I was in the room with everyone. We traveled with a small crew. I mean, relatively small, uh, my, by uh, producing partner, Javon Frank, uh, had coordinate with everyone over in the UK. And we were we shot almost everything in the states except for those uh, stylized shots with with the uh, props and everything. Uh, every interview was was done in the states, and it was just about four of us. And uh, you know, we just had to abide by the COVID protocol at that time, and 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 uh, uh, that was fine. Um, that wasn't the biggest. Uh, I don't think that was the biggest challenge. When I think back about the challenges, that wasn't the biggest challenge. I think. The biggest challenge, I think, was getting, you know, we're telling a story about somebody's spiritual journey uh, that they didn't write about and didn't share much about. So we're using sort of the effect that Cassius Clay had on others and capturing their testimony about what they felt and what they thought and what was happening in the world to tell a story about what his shift in identity was rooted in. And so that, to me, was the most challenging thing because he's he's not here to tell his story. And um, doing that, uh, I think we accomplished that. And we did it in, in an artistic way, in a way that also get, allows us to show him, you know, fighting in the ring. And that, that, I, love, I love the footage of that, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, talking about the fight with Sonny Liston, which I knew about, I'd read about, but I'd never actually seen. And when you see okay. the men going into the ring together, you still think this is unfair because listen, it's huge. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's quite slight for a heavyweight boxer these days, definitely quite a slight looking, almost a middleweight looking fighter. But mm -hmm. the way he takes them apart and just kind of destroys this um, almost reputation as well as the boxer too that he had to get through there. And it's, it's, it's incredible to see. Right. And, and I didn't know... I hadn't watched the fight in such depth before with with the commentary that we got. Um, and so that really painted a clear picture to me about what happened there. And I didn't know that Sonny Liston had knocked out the former heavyweight champion twice in the first round, Floyd Patterson. So I was like, this guy is a beast, you know, this guy's a beast. So uh, I understood why people before the fight were expecting uh, Muhammad Ali to be, you know, driven to the hospital and and intensive care and and all of that and it was really tense but 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 at the end of the fight there's a certain feeling that comes about at least when i watch it and and it's like wow he really did it he, he really did it. it it's like you're watching him become muhammad ali right there it reminded me a little bit of what he did later in the george foreman fight where again i think people thought he was just going there to be beaten up and yet mm. managed to find a way to win and uh, yeah it's just incredible to see you can see why he became the kind of icon that he did in the sport. But when you have your interviews as well, you can see by the kind of 
how much he meant to these people who met him through various ways and still means so much to them. You know, there's real emotion and excitement and everything. And, you know, some of these people are not in their first flush of youth. You know, you're talking. Right. But they still, you know, their connection to Muhammad Ali is, you can see it on their faces and in their voices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's one of the reasons why we chose to do close-ups. There's a lot of tight shots of everybody speaking. And I really love the result of that because we got to see what was happening inside of them. And, and, and you could tell that people had such visceral, fond memories of interacting and watching and, and loving, if you're talking about Didi Sharp, yeah. uh, Muhammad Ali. So um, I yeah, just, I definitely I, appreciate what they contributed, yeah. That kind of 24 hours, maybe 48 hours, you win the heavyweight championship of the world against someone who nobody thought you would, and then you have the other side of that, which I won't mm -hmm. say people to watch the film, but, you know, that relationship with D.D. Sharp. And you can see how much it still means to her all those years later. Can't you? Yeah. <laughs> you can tell we were sitting in the set like, wow, she seems like she's married now. So, you know, with all due respect, yeah. she yeah, just yeah. seemed like she could tap back into the love that she had for him. And you could see it on her face. And that that was so sweet, some of the stories she shared. But, you know, it was a little bit, uh, it was tough to listen to her reasons, you know, why, why things went the way they did. It's tough to hear how uh, people were, you know, uh, what do you call that? I wouldn't say repulsed, but they were turned off by him identifying with the uh, Nation of Islam and with him changing his name. And, and you know, I, I was uh, particularly drawn to what she shared because in, within the African-American community, uh, Christianity in America um, is, is uh, prevalent. You know, even my extended family is 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 Baptist, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it takes a while sometimes for people to accept or marry or, or be in relationships with people who are Muslim because there's just some, uh, I don't know, it's just not that that simple for some, certain people, you know, so I'm glad we captured that a little bit. Yeah. We have a slightly similar thing in this part of the world with Protestant and Catholic, which can often oh. make problems uh, in a similar mm -hmm. way. Um, mm -hmm. The third person in the relationship, if you like, is Elijah Muhammad. And yes. he's a person that I think we don't know too much about in this country as well. So I thought maybe you could tell us a bit more about him and his kind of cultural importance. Well, I, I, I know from my father, you know, um, growing up, he would tell me certain things about uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He would, he, he would, uh, cite certain books i would see certain books on the shelf um culturally um it depends on where you stand i think i grew up sort of on on, on one side of it where um at least at the time when i was a child it's evolved over the years the nation of islam the nation of islam was um respected and it still is but looked upon as uh, an organization that is always there in the community where something needs to be done you know and it's it's uh, when I talk with my father about it, um, he remembers being younger, you know, in, in the 70s, actually, and seeing the nation and being so impressed by them, um, uh, the way they dressed, the way they carried themselves. And I might be getting my years, could have been the 60s, too. And it was all led by Elijah Muhammad. And um, so he has, even to this day, a great deal of power, uh, a great deal of influence. And sometimes um, 
I think maybe because of the way uh, he speaks, he had a certain way of speaking um, that was different from uh, Malcolm X. Uh, and maybe because um, some of his messages might land a little uh, sharp to people's ears in terms of what he's trying to uh, convey. Um, some of the things he says could be looked upon as unkind, you know, uh, uh, that people throw the baby away with the bathwater. But from what I understand, he was offering different perspectives on who you are, Black man, and, and how you should carry yourself, Black man, what you should eat, uh, Black man, how you should lead your family. And that has trickled down into so many areas in America that have crossed paths with me, even though I'm not in the Nation of Islam, mm -hmm. and I never was, you know, um, but I, I've gone to events that were sponsored by them, and it's 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 been pow powerful things in my life, you know, so this all started with uh, Elijah Muhammad making the nation into uh, what it is. There's a, a story of the nation bef before him, but 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 I'm, I, I don't want to get all <laughs> into those details. But you know, when you when you watch the film, you'll hear more about. You'll hear him directly. You'll hear directly some of the things he said. And I took the liberty of of, of selecting those things, and, I, and I'm hoping as an artist. That's fine. It doesn't sum up everything that he was about. But if you imagine them hitting the ear of a young Cassius Clay mm -hmm. uh, growing up in uh, the powder keg of racial tension in America at that time, hearing the voice of Elijah Muhammad that is empowering, you can go along on this journey um, that I, uh, with him of awakening and realizing, you know, I, 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 I can think for myself. And, and part of that thinking for himself led to him changing his identity. And what was the relationship between now Muhammad Ali and Elijah Muhammad like? Because due to it, uh, Malcolm X is kind of sidelined, is that the way? Or, or just, you know, he no longer, uh, yeah. their relationship's finished. It's almost like you finish one, you have to move on to the next. Yeah, I think because Malcolm X uh, and Muhammad Ali uh, they had a strong friendship, um, but Muhammad Ali uh, was loyal to Elijah Muhammad. I put him in a bind. And once Elijah Muhammad was no longer, um, I guess uh, we could just say friendly with Malcolm X, it, it put Muhammad Ali in a situation where he couldn't be friends with both of them. Right. Um, and uh, I, I get you know, the sense, I, I don't know, I'm not an expert, I'm an artist, I'll say that 20 times a day. I get the sense that Muhammad Ali wouldn't prefer to have lost his friend. Yeah. You know, I get the sense that it wasn't something that he truly felt good about, no longer being able to have that bond with, with his friend and mentor and, and uh, big brother, depending on how you refer to it. Um, but he just didn't have a choice at that time. Yeah. And so this is the period where he says, first of all, I'm Cassius X, and then uh, I'm Muhammad Ali. And what's fascinating and probably not surprising is the way that many people refuse to acknowledge that and still call him Cassius and still call him Clay and all of these things. I mean, yeah. it's it's incredible to see, but as I say, it's probably not surprising. What was the was there a fear of this change and that people didn't want it, or was it pure ignorance? Well, yeah, I think part of control, uh, when you when you think about societal control, naming something gives you a lot of control. 
-hmm. And in America, at least, there's a fear historically of African Americans who uh, came from uh, a history of their ancestors being enslaved uh, after being free individuals in, mm -hmm. in, in Africa. Um, there's a fear of rebellion. And I think that there's a lot of un, unaddressed pain, a lot of unaddressed um, trauma that has been put upon African-Americans still to this day, we're in the process of having people not be able to read about this trauma in our in our school. And because of that trauma, people still um, can't look at, look at it in the face and say, you know, something was wrong. So you, 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 people were wronged here. And what that does is it, and I'm speaking just in terms of my own personal experience, is it puts America in a situation where they know, we know we've done something wrong to these black people. And we've not fully addressed it. We're not even allowing them to publicly uh, fully make it the truth. We're going to call it a lie. So if they go ahead and do something as serious as change their names, mm -hmm. and their names are associated with our colonization of them, that's fundamentally a revolution inside their own mind and in their own spirit. There's not much difference between uh, taking off the slave name, so to speak, and taking off the rule of the colonizer in, in terms of how you behave, what you say, what you don't say, how you live your life. And so there's fear there. And in America, we, we, we fear a lot of what's foreign, foreign, and, and <laughs> it's another language. It's not only uh, um, a different religion, it's another language. So Muhammad means worthy of praise, you know? And so in America, we, we don't have names like that. But there's fear of the difference and there's, there's fear of, of the inner spiritual rebellion. And it's hard also to embrace things, things that are different because of binary thinking. How am I gonna embrace this Muhammad Ali man when when I'm I'm an American? I'm 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 Christian, I'm I'm so and so. I, I cannot embrace him because I'm gonna be turning my back on my people. It's it's just a... So it puts a lot of people in a, in a point of tension. It puts a lot of people where they, they are fearful and, and they were fearful. They were fearful. Yeah, because one of the, uh, the journalists said whenever he put in a, a report that said Muhammad Ali, it would be taken out and Cassius Clay would be put in, which is just astonishing to think. Right. But yet, as we know, certainly from outside America, did embrace Muhammad Ali and, and you know, was thought, certainly in this country, perhaps the greatest sportsman you know of all time that's how you know people think of him is that the case in america or is it more nuanced than that no i think muhammad ali in america is is the i don't know who you would put above him in terms of being being a, a boxer at least there's debate among boxers you know like who is floyd mayweather better or whatever but muhammad ali it, muhammad ali is the greatest not just because of his skill as we all know it's in and outside the ring, you know, just how he carried himself, his charisma, his 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 personality, uh, his fighting skills, his tenacity, and you know his his ability to stand up for himself no matter what it costs. Uh, is an inspiration. So yeah. every great boxer is not an inspiration, you know. Yeah, that, that's fair to say. And throughout the film, there's amazing footage that you've got hold of. How difficult was it to find that? Was that a big challenge? Oh. The boxing footage, uh, you know, I, I I don't think it was a big challenge to get 
the listen fight was a challenge because we had different angles that all of them hadn't been um i think that was the biggest challenge we had different angles and they were all different <laughs> frame rates and i think resolutions and all that stuff but um uh liga uh who was doing our uh archival um she did a, a splendid job so i didn't have to get bogged down with that with that too much i'll tell you the the side of the story where um yeah, now that I'm speaking about it, when Clay was young, they weren't filming him too much. Yeah. You know, Muhammad Ali is the most, <laughs> I guess, photographed athlete in, in 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 the world. But when he was young, during these years, he wasn't photographed as much. He wasn't interviewed as much, and that that was a challenge. Now that I'm talking about it, yeah. um, we, we you know, and so like I think we had to lean on a lot of uh, creative um, elements to to work around that. So the boxing matches, they, they weren't truly a challenge. I, I wanted to have some more, but, you know, um, I think diving into the Doug Jones and Harry Cooper and all that, that was just the, the, the best thing to do. But his personal life and and the the Mus Muslims who he was meeting in Miami, and and uh, I wish we had more of that. I wish we had more. And him with Malcolm X, I wish we had uh, more of that also. So this is just this is only the start of um, Muhammad Ali, as we know his story. Would you consider looking at any further, you know, taking the next stage of his? Because there's a lot more to come, as we know. Oh, you mean as a as a director? Would I? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would. I would. I, I know. Um, if if it could be, you know, Stuart did a splendid job at re-examining the life of someone who's been examined a thousand yeah. times over. And I think that if it were uh, another chapter in Muhammad Ali's life that um, uh, we could look through a different lens at, uh, I would love to do that. I, I, I mean, who wouldn't? It's an honor just to to be doing a project uh, about him. So yeah, I would jump at the chance. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you about it. Um, I, ca I can't wait for other people to see it because it's such an, it's one of these, a bit like Stuart's book, I thought I knew a bit about Muhammad Ali, and then you realize actually he seeped into your life, and, all, and you know a lot, <laughs> of stuff, and then you get to know a lot more about it, which is what the film does as well. Thank you, thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to um, headed out to the to Glasgow in uh, the top of March to the Glasgow Film Festival, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. So. Oh yeah, well I, I urge people to go and get a ticket for that because uh, yeah, it's a fantastic film. Yes. Even if you're not a boxing fan, you think you're not a sport fan, there's so much else going on in it. You know the stories. Yeah, I won't give away anything, but I really did enjoy it. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been a real pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers. <laughs>